so good. So, so wonderfully good. There's a couple guys playing golf. <laughs> Gary's back, and you get to hear a joke as soon as you come back. So, okay. There's a couple guys playing golf. And uh, so this is what's happening. Uh, the one guy, it's, it's his shot. It's the first tee, and boy, he's looking at the ball, and he's trying to measure how far and how many yards, and he's windage and which club. And I mean, it's taking him forever. And the other guy says, please, could you just hurry up and take the shot? He said, you don't understand. My wife is watching me from the clubhouse. This shot has got to be perfect. His partner goes, it won't be. You can't hit her from here. All right. Okay, that was a minus point. Well, hey, you know. Hey, I want to talk to you this morning. It won't take real long. Just about uh, what is in a name. What is in a name? So, you know, about the name of Jesus. Why do we take authority? Why do we speak it? Why, why is that important? You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so you need to be speaking the word. It's, a, it's wonderful to hear it, but when you understand that you are speaking, Caitlin said it so beautifully, God has given me power because in him uh, we live, move, and have our being. So Jesus is inside Caitlin, and she's recognizing that, and so she can take authority over situations. Isn't it nice to know that if we, if we understood it, there's a place we can go and be safe. There's a place... The Bible says the righteous can run into and be safe. There's a place we can go where we, it is just a safe haven. That place is God. That place is Jesus. We just have to call out his name. Now, I mean, you might, you're going to be saying, Brett, I get it. I get it. So, you know, call out whose name? Call out the name of Jesus. This isn't like who you're going to call Ghostbusters. That's not going to work. We call on the name of Jesus. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is close to all who call on him. All who call on him. Yea, to all who call on him in truth. You got troubles? Let me just tell you, everybody here, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're breathing today, everybody deals with stuff. So you need to be calling on the name of the Lord. There's always trouble here on earth. John 16, 33, this is Jesus talking now. Check it out. I've told you all this so you may have peace in me here on earth. And you will have, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. The Bible says that we are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to participate in trouble, so to speak, that comes our way. If we would learn how to use his name or understand the protection or the authority that we have, we could find refuge, strength, and protection in that name, in that personhood of Jesus, in that spirit of God that lives inside you. You know, like, Brett, well, it says we're going to have trouble. Now, listen, just listen to me for a second. It could be raining outside. But I can choose to stand under an umbrella. Did you catch that? It's still raining. But thank God I got an umbrella. So it can help me. It's, it's all about positioning yourself where God wants you. If you're ready to grab hold of this freedom, 
This is why I want you to use and say his name. Here's our first thought for this morning. You are the groundskeeper. Take care of what goes in the garden, and it's under your authority. You decide what jurisdiction is in that garden and the boundaries. Somebody walked by a garden. They said, man, this garden is beautiful. The tomatoes are so red. They're so nice. All of this, all of your produce looks amazing. The guy said, isn't it great? He said, man, you should have seen it when it was just God's garden. It didn't look like that. And you might say, well, Brad, I don't get it. It's because God wants to use you, and, and he is, and you are a team. You are to position yourself. God, how do you want me to be used? How, what can I do? You know, I might not be able to do everything. I might not be able to do some things good. I may be able to do one or two things good. I don't know, but if I'm positioned in the right spot, something good's going to happen. The name of the Lord is my seed. I begin to say his name. I begin to put his name on it. Can I tell you something about the power of the name of the Lord? Those that use his name and know his name and know him can use that name because he has given you delegated authority. You know what delegated authority means? You got kids? Has your siblings ever said, hey, we got to go do this? No, I ain't doing that. I, my sister's here. Where's she at? She's back there. My sister... And I have always been close. She's also the secretary of the church. She, she's, she helps me. She does a great job. But she would say, we have to do this. And I would say, no. And she would say, yes. And I would say, no. And she would say, yes. <laughs> and I would say, no. And then she would say this. Dad said, that changes everything. Why didn't she say that in the beginning? And I wouldn't have went, no. Because all in the meantime, she's went, dad, Brett won't do it. You see, because if dad said it, she just was delegated. You tell your brother, you guys better do this. And so we would do that. If mom said it, we would still have to do it because it was their authority. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to delegate authority to you. Position yourself. Are you understanding what that means? Now, for me, it is I am the protector of my home. If anybody would ever come in my home and it has never happened, I thank God for it. They would have to go through me before they could ever get to the first lady. Now, she doesn't like being called that. I didn't actually mean it the way that sounded, but she is my only lady. How's that? <laughs> It's going to be a good day, man. It'll be a good day. <laughs> you just came back, but we'll take you out, okay? <laughs> but anyway, um, I would stand. I mean, if there's ever a noise or there's ever anything, and even when the kids were little, I would be the protector. They would never, the kids never even ask, Mom, I hear something. Would you go check it out? They would never do that. It was always, Dad. But they never had to ask me because she had already woken me up if I hadn't woken up. And I'm already on the job doing whatever. What I'm telling you is I would position myself as being the protector. So my children would not worry. Dad's here. There have been times in ministry where there have been things that have happened and I would be standing in the 
face of something that doesn't look so good. And my son was right there, and I'd just move him behind me. And he was safe. You are the groundskeeper. It's in his name that the garden gets planted. I plant it in his name. It is in his honor. I'm following his leading. I've positioned myself to raise what he's told me to do. Whether it be a garden, that's just a metaphor. What I'm telling you is just position where you need. Genesis 1.11 says, God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce all kinds of plants or the kinds of plants and trees from which they came, and that is what happened. So you have to plant. I mean, so if you are just, this is what you do, I'm just, and think about this. Caitlin gave this example. She grew up where what she was planting was fear and inadequacy, and I'm not, and so that's what comes back. That's what grows. Do you get it? Jesus does not want you to plant things that the enemy gives you. He is all about saying, you plant my word. You, you work in the kingdom. Work your field in the kingdom. And she began to understand, greater is he. Come on, somebody. That's in me. I am the head, not the tail. I'm more than a conqueror. I don't have to plant strife. You yield what you plant, and it comes back bigger. So what do you want to plant today? What does it look like? Can you picture what maybe the future looks like for you? Maybe the enemy's been telling you things. What he names you, what he calls you. You're never good enough. You'll never measure up. You're a loser. God can't use you. Look at what you've done. But here are the facts. Here's the truth. You're a child of the king, and you've accepted Jesus as your savior, and you have full entitlement to what the Bible says. You're not perfect. I get it. But thank God there's grace. Thank God there's mercy. You are heirs to the promise. So what do you see? What mountain is in your line of vision that needs to get out of the way? Because you can't see what the Lord is He's telling you. Sometimes has God ever told you, oh, this is what I want you to see, and you're like, I can't see it. Sometimes isn't it hard to look and see anything when you're, you feel as low as the curb? You just can't see above it. And God is seeing something past you. And he's wanting you to get the picture of it. What's blocking your view this morning? What, you know, is there debt you want to get rid of? Lord, help me pinpoint this debt. How can I get rid of this debt? Give me an idea. How about healing or wholeness? Well, this happened to me, and now this, and this, and this. Let me tell you, I've had some issues happen to me. I've had to picture myself well. I've had to picture myself well. Caitlin was saying 2020 was a bad year. Had a heart attack in 2020. That stinketh. That's King James. <laughs> and then this is what they told me, because I was always active. I'd lost a whole bunch of weight. And so they said, we need you to settle down a little bit. So this is not their fault. This is me. So I settled down a little bit because guess what? I let fear creep in. Because then everything was all like, oh boy, I can't, ooh, I can't. Mm. And I would just, mm. but this is what I've learned. And some of it I've just learned recently that I've forgotten. You ever have that? Ever have memory class? <laughs> 
where you're just like, i got to attack this thing head on. And I have a wife that is helping me do that. There's things, I mean, I just didn't want to, I, don't want, I didn't want to hear about anything. If it dealt with the heart, I didn't want to hear about it because I didn't want to have to. It bothered me. That can't be. So I had to picture myself. Not only did I declare every day, I am whole, I'm healed. Matter of fact, I'm not on any medication. I was off medication in a year, which is, they're like, that's unheard of. That's God. But I have to continually proclaim healing. See, this is the thing. We have a society that's just like, oh, God, I need you to tell me what to do. Beloved, I'm telling you, he tells you what to do every day. It's called the Bible. You have to read it. You have to get it. And you have to put it in you. And you're like, well, Brad, I don't, I'm not a good reader. You, if you have a smartphone, it'll read for you. I will listen to my, my wife. will be in there getting her hair ready and everything. And all she has playing is the Bible or a podcast or something. Because, again, think about the garden. Whatever you're planting is going to grow back in bigger dimension. We got to understand the principles of the name of God and what those name or, you know, he has different names, what they'll produce. Everything comes from a seed. Think about what I just said. Everything comes from a seed. Business ideas are a seed. The seeds have power in themselves to reproduce themselves. We sow and reap our harvest like we would fruit and vegetables in a garden. If you plant kindness, you'll get kindness. If you're generous, the Bible says that we control. This is what's nuts. Everybody thinks, well, church, you're trying to pick your pocket. I'm telling you, the Bible says we control the harvest we get back by how generous we are. I've found that to be true. We bought our, we've lived in our new house a, a year, just over a year. And we had a, there was a garden at the house, and they had a chain link fence around it, and the garden hadn't been tended to for years. I mean, great people had the house before, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they just didn't really do anything with the garden. So it was overgrown. It was totally a mess. And when Kim and I looked at that, we were like, no. So our first inclination was rip up the fence. Plant some seed, we'll just mow it with grass. I mean, it'll just be, you know. <laughs> well, we were going to do that. Matter of fact, John, I had John, I was going, John, will you come and pull this fence up? Because if you need equipment or anything done, John's probably got it. <laughs> Man's got whatever. I mean, you know, he's got all kinds of stuff. So, you know, and then I would have paid him for his time and all that. Well, then it, time went on, and, and she, she began to pray about it. And she said, I don't want to get rid of it. I want to clean it up. And I thought to myself, that's going to be a hard job. That's, that's like giving a caveman a haircut. You know, I mean, just, there was a lot in there. There was weeds and everything. But that's what she wanted to do. I said, okay. So we started. She started. She, she prayed over it. She walked around it. She started asking the Lord, how should this, what do I want to put? Where am I going to put it? She designed it. I helped her clean it up. We put mulch in it. We did all the work. This garden, it was awesome. This year we had pumpkins for all the grandkids. We had tomatoes. We had whatever she planted. We had corn. We had peppers and all kinds of stuff. 
and raspberries and blueberries. The blueberry plants, they must have come from heaven because, man, this thing's just produced, produced. The kids had come out, well, I want blueberries. And they were be on there. It seemed like they just picked them, but they'd be there again. But again, God, what do you want? What do you want? I'm just skipping down a little bit. We had to work that, though. She had to work the soil, and we weeded it and watered it. Now, let me say this. She didn't, put, she didn't plant apple seeds hoping for pumpkins. And that's what we do in church. She planted pumpkin seeds knowing pumpkins would grow. She wanted pumpkins, so that's what she planted. And that's what grew. And that's what we do. So many times we, we, we want this, but we won't plant it. And then we blame God for failed harvest when we really never planted. We want this return on something, and we didn't plant anything for it. That's when we sow the name of the Lord, when we begin to speak the name of the Lord. Jesus said, the sower sows the word, Mark 4, 14. Farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. Luke 8, 11 through 15. This is the meaning of the parable. Now, this is the parable here. The seed is God's word. Seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come take it away from their hearts, prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, receive it with joy. Since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of, the, of this life. So they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. The Bible says in Hebrews, faith and patience bring the harvest. We live in a society that is, I want it now. And I said it last week. It's my money and I want it now. Everything is microwave. Everything is get it to me quickly. If, we wait in the, if you wait in a drive through more than two minutes to get your burger from McDonald's, we are ticked. This is a drive through after all. And I, I understand sometimes we try to run through the drive through because we want to be quick. If I wanted to come in, I would have, but I came in the drive through but it is a kingdom principle, it is a kingdom law to sow and reap. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. What if it goes deeper? Some of this, I think, has been overlooked sometimes. The principle of sowing and reaping applies even when we are saying, and this is where I'm getting, and this will speed up here, the name of the Lord, how we speak his name. When you open your mouth to speak his name, the power of God to manifest those promises that the name stands for, healing, peace, comfort, guidance, speaking his name, calling him in on the situation. Sow the name as a seed, and it will grow in your life. Because the Bible says your life is in your mouth. Start beginning to sow the name of the Lord, saying the things of the result you're expecting and believing for, not what is going on. You, anybody can see stuff that's going on. If it's not positive, say the positive thing. You're not denying that there's not stuff going on, but what I'm saying is I'm not giving life to the enemy. I'm going to give life to the situation. Now, she just shared this, and I'm going to make this really brief. She was on her way to the office this week. She ended up making a stop. The Lord had instructed her to get gas. That might sound silly to you, but usually if you're a man and you have a woman that's your wife, 
Aren't you the one that gets gas most of the time? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so, I mean, normally, now she will get her own gas and stuff, but if I see her car is getting low, I will go fill it up for her so that she, I don't want her to have to be anywhere where she's out of gas. Well, she's looking at how many miles she has. I have so many miles left. I can, I can still make it. I'll get gas where it's cheaper, which I get that. But the Lord told her, no, you get gas now. And the reason, now listen to what I'm saying, and I'm going to condense all this. She got gas, and then she was on her way home, and she came upon a wreck. And she got there at the tail end of it where a four-wheeler, a quad, had just shot out in front of a car, a van. The van hit it, and she watched the quad go. Airbags were deployed. She gets out of her car. The lady that hit them, hit the man on the quad, says, I think he's dead. The man's laying in the road, blood by his head. He's unconscious. And this lady, I think he's dead. I think, and this is what my wife, this, now listen to what I'm saying. She ha- puts her arm around this lady. She goes, he is not dead. I speak life to him in Jesus' name. He will live and not die. And this lady's going, amen. I mean, I don't know, you know. And then so Kim ends up putting the kids, well, the kids that were in the van that hit the guy in our car, so they have at least a place where they're not seeing everything. They're younger kids, and so she's trying to minister to them and other people. And she goes and she, she asks, what's this man's name? Somebody told her his name, and so she speaks directly. Listen to what I'm telling you. She speaks directly. His name was Dave. Dave will not die. I call his spirit back into his body. God, and you know what? Dave is fine. He got surgery on his leg. He had some kind of a brain, you know, something. They fixed it or whatever, and so he's in recovery. You know, I don't know the extent of all that, but what I'm telling you is speak the name of Jesus. You are his disciple. You are his witness, his representative, and you don't know. You might be somewhere, and God is saying, I need to use you. Life is in your mouth. So the world you have right now, you've created it. If you look around and you're like, I don't like it, you got to change what you say. you got to change what you say. Planting seeds in the garden, there's different names of God. The way you sow a spiritual seed, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you need healing, you know God has a name for that. Now, before I say all this, I'm going to give you some names of God. They're, they're, you don't have, this isn't a test. This isn't a quiz. I'm not going to, you know, because I have people to be like, I'll never remember that. I can't even pronounce those, you know, let alone. I get it. And I, 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 this is, if you just say the name of Jesus, this represents all of those, okay? So if you're sitting here going, well, if I don't know that name, then why even try? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, just like I, I am Pastor Brett, I am PB, I am Brett, I am Uncle Brett, I am popped to Arrow. I am pops to my granddaughters. So I have different names. I am the same person, but I, am, I have different attributes. of different, you know. But if they were in trouble and they, and they just said, help, and they didn't say my name, what am I going to do? I'm sorry. I really like you to call me by the right name. No, I'm just going to help. And that's what Jesus will do. So listen, if you need healing, he is Jehovah Rapha. That's the Hebrew name for God, our healer. If you need provision, he is Jehovah Yireh or Jehovah Jireh. That's God's name for uh, provision. 
Uh, if uh, you need, let's see, my righteousness, Jehovah Tiskinu, I'm hoping I'm getting these right, and Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies me, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace, Jehovah Shama, I love that one, because the Lord is there, Jehovah Nisi, he's my banner, Jehovah Rohi, he's my shepherd. So if I'm speaking this name, but I'm telling you every one of those names is linked back to the name above every name, and that's Jesus Christ. I speak the name of God whenever I need it, and that name will produce a harvest. I think if you just say, you know what, I just need Jesus, just knowing that he is everything, that he he is the complete package, God will be whatever you need him to be for that situation, but you, you have to plant his name. You have to speak it. Well, the, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, he knows your heart, but my dear, I can't hear your heart. The enemy can't hear your heart. Did you catch it? The enemy has to know what your allegiance lies, who you are standing with. When you give in to fear or you say things that are derogatory towards the word of God, you are then you are, you're, you're opening jurisdiction for the enemy. You're allowing him to play ping pong with your mind, if you will. Speak his name. God chose us and we are in him. We are to bear fruit. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Speak his name out loud and expect it to produce fruit. So I want you to get your mind thinking about what that is. Here's thought number two, and I don't have very many. You must use it so you're going to Speak it, you must use it. You are Jesus' power of attorney. Exodus 27, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. The third commandment of the Ten Commandments, he gives us his power of attorney. Now, let me, let me just tell you a quick story here. Uh, this guy was a famous preacher. His name was Spurgeon, but the story goes like this. He goes and visits this older lady. She's in uh, laying tremendously sick in bed <laughs> house is just a poor small one-room house but there's a framed document on the wall and he asked her he said do you know what it says and she told him she didn't she explained she was uh, a first mate for the queen of england this is a true story when the old woman retired the queen gave her the document and she thought it was nice so she hung it on the wall so she asked mr spurgeon i never learned to read do you know what it says so he was kind of shocked. But the woman, did. she had no idea that what was in her possession, that she had framed and put on the wall. The queen had given her retiring first mate a, a stipend of retirement for life. She had money at her disposal. She could live at any expense she wanted. Everything would be paid. No limits. But she'd been living in poverty for years because she didn't know what she had. And the queen would have paid for it, but the woman never exercised it. Do you know as a believer what's in your possession? Do you know what you have? Do you know what's yours? We have the name of the Lord. Jesus paid the price for you and me to be his kids and to live in a world that's really struggling. And for people, it doesn't mean you won't struggle, but people to look at you and go, something's different. 
You seem to have favor. Things seem to be turning your way. Or this is, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. I, I want what you have. We have to know how to carry his name. Exodus 27 reads, we are not to take the Lord's name in vain. What if the third commandment doesn't mean exactly what we think it does? See, this is what I thought growing up. And maybe you thought the same too. You can't take it in vain, so you can't cuss with it. Because God's last name isn't, you know, we didn't want to say it. Because what if it's deeper than that? So in Hebrew, take means to carry or bear. In vain means worthlessly to no avail. So the third commandment is actually telling us not to carry his name in a worthless manner. In other words, not just throw it on like you'd put on a coat or, you know, ah, well, you know. There is power in that name. Think about the Levites. They carried the Ten Commandments in a 200-pound Ark of the Covenant that they carried around wherever they went. They, were moved, they, were, they just went from camp to camp and, let's take it, okay. And that, that thing went with them. They carried it and cared for it and moved it across the desert. It was the most valued possession of their tribe. Everywhere they went, it went. See, that's our job. Now God lives in us. So we are carrying his name wherever we go. So if you're telling people, oh, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but you are not going to follow anything of the Bible, please don't tell people that. Because... The ones that really do, they need to meet genuine people. Is, is that too hard? I'm not trying to be too hard. I'm just trying to say, let's, let's carry his name well. After Calvary and the cross, he gave us power of attorney to use his name and carry out the works on the earth. And a power of attorney is a, a legally binding agreement. It's a document to act on somebody else's behalf. So let me help you a little bit. You go to the bank. If you have a friend that says, I need you to go to the bank. Here's the power of attorney. I need you to take all my money out, and I want you to do this with it. And you go to the bank, and you have that document. They are bound legally to give you what you ask for because you have that document. You have the power of attorney. You have a legal document. Now, if you go in there, and you don't show them the document, and you demand all your friend's money, they call that a holdup. And the police will be called. <laughs> and you will not like the outcome of that. But, you know, it is, it is a legal document, that power of attorney. Let me just tell you how crazy the world is uh, a little bit. Uh, and you, you know, but not long ago, my wife and I, we were praying. And she said, I want to take some money out of the bank. And I, this is what we want to do with it. And I said, okay, let's pray about it. We both got an agreement. So I went to the bank. Now, it's whose money? So I said, hey, I want to take out this amount of money. They went, um, can you wait right here? No, I mean, just so I'm not Rockefeller. Okay, I wasn't like millions of dollars. Um, well, I break that. I would love to be not like him, but I'd love to have millions of dollars in the bank. But anyway, it wasn't that, but it, there was, it was thousands of dollars. And so uh, they said, can you wait here? And they came back, and they just said, we, we can't give that to you right now. I said, well, why not? It's mine. 
they said, well, here, if you just sign this paper, just come back in about a week and we'll see if we can get it. And just, you know, and I, so I, I just said, okay, okay. And I left and I called Pastor Kim. That went over well. She said, that's not right. I said, no, that's not right. She said, well, I think we should just go back in and say, you know, I would like it now. Because why couldn't, what if we ever needed that money right now? They can't, you know, you feel like it's a wonderful life. Well, well your money's not here. It's in this place, in that place. <laughs> you know, that's what you almost feel like. So, uh, you know, I went back in. I, I just got, I got out of my car, went back in. I said, you know what? That's not going to work for me. I'm going to go ahead and take it now. So they had to get manager approval for me to get my money now. You're saying, Brett, what are you trying to tell me? What I'm telling you is representing Jesus by that power of attorney, by that document, by the authority. You have rights, and we don't exercise our rights. We get backed up by the enemy or get backed in the corner, and we just yield. You don't have to yield. You can stand up and say, you know what, by the grace of God, I'll do whatever God's called me to do. You know, you know if, I'll, if they said, I'm not going to give it to you, I would probably ask to speak to a manager. But I want to use what God has given me. If he's given me a power of attorney to take authority over the enemy, if I'm praying for someone, I'm believing God, they'll be healed right now. And you know, I, I got to watch something just the other day where I, don't, I really don't care what they believe. I mean, I do care, but if they don't believe that God heals, I'd like God to show them. Didn't Jesus do that? He prayed for people. People didn't even understand what he was all about, but they're like, hey, man, if he heals me, this is good. So I just wanted to pray. I just wanted to do what he wants me to do. 1623 of John says, at that time, you won't need to, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. He has the promises of his word. We must use his word. That's his law. Those are his covenants. His laws don't change. You can't change them. I can't change them. Jesus is Lord. You can't denounce him. You can't dethrone him. You can't get him off there. I mean, you know, I'm just saying he's here. We have the authority to go bind and loose. He gave us the keys. If you and I as believers don't go bind and loose, nothing gets bound, nothing gets loosed. He's looking for people like us to take his name and use it and don't carry it in vain. Enforcing the covenants brings the devil under God's authority and causes us to walk in victory. I'm trying to find this one thing I wrote, and I'll find it, but anyway. Make demands on his name. Philippians says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow on heaven and earth and under the earth. So you do what God's called you to do. You have the authority. You have the delegated authority. That's what we have to do with the enemy. Listen to this. Making demands using God's name is not demanding of God. I love this. This is the thing I was looking for. Because God's already done it. He's already laid it out. It's not demanding of God. 
He's already done everything. He's already healed you. He's already set you free. What you are demanding is the enemy now has to get under subjection of that and loose his hold and loose his grip and let you go. And you can bind him and you can cast him out because that demand is coming from him, the Lord Jesus Christ. God has already done it. There's no pressure on God. The pressure then is applied to the devil. And the devil doesn't want the word to be used in you to grow because when you speak the word, that pressure comes at him and he can't stand the pressure. He needs to get out of the kitchen, doesn't he? You can't stand the heat? Get yourself out. I feel like that guy on that emperor's new groove. Ba-bam! It is demanding the enemy submit to the name of the Lord. It is the name above every name. Release that. You have that power of attorney from Jesus. You can act on his behalf. You can bind and loose. You have the keys. Like a mechanic would use different tools to fix different parts of your car. Just knowing that Jesus is everything. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner. He's Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. Titiskanu, my righteousness. Mekadesh, he's the one that sanctifies. Just knowing that God is everything. All I have to say is Jesus. And when I say Jesus, heaven is just rejoicing and hell is shaking. In a clutch situation, pressure seems to be on. I'm really proud of my wife. She comes back and tells me, this is what, I mean, I, I didn't, she said, this man will live and not die. You see, it's, it's easy to be a stadium referee, isn't it? Well, that, he was in. He should have, you know, that's a terrible call. It's easy to... But when you're down there in the middle of the trenches, how are you going to act then? My dad is a, uh, was a, a police officer. And, you know, it's one thing to go at a target and shoot at the target. That's great. And, you, get, you know, you want to get your pattern in a short, you know, here, get it in here. It's a whole different story of somebody shooting back at you. John could tell you that. He works at the prison. I don't know that John shoots much, but... No, nobody shoot back. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> what I'm just telling you is when something's happening. <laughs> Y'all play war ball. When I was in, anybody in middle school ever play war ball? I loved war ball. You know that when you, when you pelt somebody with a ball and they're out. If they catch it, you're out. That's it. Dodgeball. Well, same thing. Warball, dodgeball, just help me when I need y'all call on you, okay? Okay. It was awesome. We would play just one, you know, it would just be one ball. They'd, be, they'd divide everybody up, and, you know, there's that line, and it'd be cool, and, and it would be awesome. And, you know, then when we were doing karate class, the, the sensei, the teacher, Miyagi, oh, we do a bit of different. So anyway, he started throwing like four and five balls out there. Oh, my word. It changes everything. There's people, they thought they were awesome. They come up and there's somebody just pelled them from somewhere they didn't even know. We would be like, yes. Probably wasn't Christian-like, but it was sure fun. 
But it played a whole different, you know, everything was different because you had to watch everything around you. My friends, you are in a battle whether you realize it or not. And the enemy is shooting things at you, sometimes not in the direction you're expecting it to come. But it may be coming from your peripheral or from behind you. But hallelujah, you have somebody that has got your back. You have somebody that's standing in your stead. You have somebody that you can call on that will take care of the enemy. But you have to use his name and the power that name comes with. All the meaning, all the power, all the anointing. His name, his seed will produce a harvest. I'm telling you, begin to start thinking, wow, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. In the midst of a chaos or a, a conquest or whatever, be able to say, I'm going to speak the Lord. I'm going to speak what I believe, not what I see. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. 